Welcome to the Blue Rush Podcast. This is our New York Giants podcast from the New York Post. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Amazon. Give us that five-star rating. Write in a nice review on Apple Podcast. Joining us later in the show will be no one because we are live from the Victory Sports Bar right next to MetLife Stadium. Come out, make your bets, have a drink. You're going to need it after watching a Giants loss 38-11. to Let's welcome in your host of Blue Rush this season. He's here from Kansas, live in New York, celebrating the Giants' 10-year Super Bowl anniversary, two-time Super Bowl champion kicker. Give it up for Lawrence Tynes. His co-host of Blue Rush has been covering the New York Giants since 1994 for the New York Post. Let's give it up for Queen's own Paul Schwartz. Long Island zone. Long Island. By the way of Queens. By the way of Queens. <laughs> I'm Jake Brown here. I'm here alongside Sarah McCrory. Excited here to give you a good show. And Lawrence, we'll kick it off with you. Yep. Lots of drinking for Giants fans today because this game seemed over in the second quarter. But, man, that was a tough pill to swallow today, Lawrence. Thanks, Jake. It is uh, good to be in New Jersey. We're not in New York, so stop telling everyone we're in New York. Um, <laughs> man, what a terrible welcome back for the 2011 team. I mean, we enjoyed each other's company. You can tell by my voice. I'm a little hoarse. We drank a whole lot last night. I didn't do any drinking today. Uh, I felt like it, but... Uh, <laughs> You know, good start, and then a lot of bad football after the first quarter. More injuries. Um, Daniel Jones did not look healthy. Uh, I don't know if he got another concussion, but just another ugly game. You know, they're just not a very good football team. Lawrence, I was wondering, during the game, you were sitting with a bunch of your former teammates. Is that correct? I was. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, um, what do they make of all this? You know, you guys together here to celebrate the crowning achievement in any sporting career, a championship. And then you see that go take place on the field. What is the thought process of these former great Giants? Well, I think the, the thing that should scare all Giants fans is nobody really gave a our, our players are just like, this team has been bad for 10 years. Can you, no say, one, can you say that on this no, podcast? Uh, yeah, I think we can. Jake can bleep it out. Um, it's a sad place to be, man. You know, a lot of the people that are in the organization that worked there when I was here, I feel sorry for them. It's been a bad decade, not two years, two seasons, four. They have been bad, you know, eight, nine out of ten years. And the players, to be honest with you, that were here, all my teammates, they didn't even care. Like, some people were like, yeah, they're bad. But, like, that just goes to show you nobody thinks anything about this team. What was the last game giant game you were at in person? Uh, Matt Stafford, 2017. Uh, uh, yeah, so Super Bowl 42 okay. anniversary. Matt Stafford beat us there against a bad Lions team. Right, so um, you haven't been around a lot. You watch this team from afar. Um, the building, you could, you, all the people you know in the building, do you see that they are wounded? Yes. That they are. They, they don't know what they. They don't know what to say. They don't know what to do. You know, not the players and the coaches because you don't really know them. All the holdovers from from the training staff to the medical staff to the 
the guy, you know, whoever you know, the, what right. do you see in their eyes? You know, to be honest with you, it's a little bit of an extreme exaggeration, but there's a lot of like just pain. Like I know we've had good friends, my wife and I uh, that work here, they've left. And they said, because when the, when the Giants are losing, the whole building loses, right? Yeah. The ticket people, yep. the suite whole, you know, the suite people, the accounting, the cafeteria. I mean, those people get rings when you win, but they also feel the pain of losses, and they have been losing for way too long. Like, New York Giants shouldn't be this bad uh, for this long, and it's, it's a problem. And listen, Joe Judge is going to get a lot of criticism today, and he should. Uh, they've never had, you know, blowouts. I can think back to San Francisco last year was yeah. a blowout. Yep. They've, never, they've always kept everything close. Today was a no-show, and it was a no-show in front of one of the greatest teams in franchise history. And, and so it probably made it sting a little bit worse that you're welcoming them back, a Super Bowl championship team. Going into halftime, it's 21-3, and you come out, and you give a little kiss to the crowd. I got very hyped. You gave a little kiss. It was 28-3, to 28-3. It was yeah. even worse. Yeah. It was 28-3. That's got to be deflating. You're going out to celebrate a 10-year anniversary. Oh, it was bad. And me and Sarah were at Giants-Falcons. It was 7-6 for the Eli day. But 28-3 going into bad. such a joyous event must have felt weird for you coming out there. I mean, it, it did. But, but again, I told you, like, no one cares. Like, the, my teammates didn't care about this team. No one cares about this team. It's weird. It's, it, that's almost worse than being mad, right? Because I think people are so over being mad about this team. Uh, the fans have, have seen a lot of losing, and, you know, so have I. I'm a fan, too, and we watch at home. But to watch it in person, it's just bad. And so there's really – there's a numb, right? You see people say I'm numb a lot about this team. So you don't get pissed off or you don't get mad when they lose. Same thing today. I was just uh, – I didn't expect this kind of beating, but – it was another bad football game. Uh, before we get to the game, I just, you know, I've seen a lot of these halftime ceremonies, and they're very quick. I know with Eli, Eli told us on the podcast, they told him, you can have two minutes. You know, two minutes to speak. And he said, well, you know, I need like 50 seconds. You know, Eli didn't have to say a lot. I don't know what they told Tom Coughlin, your former coach, but he took <laughs> it all and more. And I'm yeah. thinking as he's going on and on, the Giants come on the field, then the Rams come on the field. Who the heck knows what they're thinking? And Tom is still talking about the special teams and about this and about that. And I'm thinking, you know what? Can we just, like, delay the third quarter or, like, have running time? Let's just have Coach Coughlin keep talking because that was great stuff. Um, yeah, and they actually should have went with a running clock in the second half, like when yeah. my son's ninth grade team gets their butts kicked. Yep. Uh, they run the clock. So uh, we asked about that. Obviously, you can't do that in the NFL. Um, Tom did, I think Tom went five times longer than he was supposed to. And again, because Tom didn't care. It was his day with his old team, and they, they were losing 28-3 to at the time, so it didn't really matter. Now let's just look. I mean, this was a blowout, but it was not a blowout. Weird. It was, it was a Weird slow stats. blowout. It's only, it, the Giants are up 3 nothing after one quarter. Um, you see Kadarius Toney making some outrageous plays again. He's on his way to having a big game. He goes out with an ankle injury, which is just devastating. Andrew Brutal. Thomas goes down with an ankle injury. Matt Pert comes in the game, and he gives up a sack. Daniel Jones fumbled. The ball is literally sitting on the ground. All Matt Pert has to do is fall on it, and he doesn't fall on it. I mean, it's amazing stuff. Uh, you're a guy who really liked Matt Pert last year. Yeah. Are you willing to now give up your Matt Pert 
uh, fan club membership. Fan club membership, or <laughs> um, you know, what did you see? You saw him up close and you know, fairly up close and personal for however many snaps he was on the field. That was, was rough stuff. Was that so? So I missed a lot of the game today because they had us. You know, yep. I had to go ring the bell, and I was in between coming down and and then for the halftime show, they take us down at the start of the second quarter. Yeah, it's like what the, we don't need an hour. Um, but I watched what I could from there. Um, you know, Matt Perch struggled a little bit. Um, I'm not ready to give up on him. You know, playing offensive tackle in the NFL is, is a tough task. But I think Matt Pert will be a solid player. Is he a starter? Maybe not. Um, but he's what we have right now. Yeah, maybe they, you know, he's better than Solder. Uh, I'd rather see Matt Pert out there than, than Nate Solder. And so um, I don't have any problems with, with Pert playing, as, you know, rest of the year. He should be fine. He's, he's going to have to take some lumps, but... He's the best option we have right now. Now, this week, um, leading into this game, you know, you know coaches. You, you're, you've been around coaches your whole career. And, you know, they pick their spots, right? You know, yeah. sometimes they're angry. Sometimes they're nurturing. Sometimes they kick you in the butt. Sometimes they pat you in the back. This week, Pat Graham, the defensive coordinator, had enough. And he said unacceptable about 10 times in his press conference on Thursday. And mm. he kind of laid the gauntlet down. We need to play better. We will play be- better. Um, you know, no more of this. It's a process, and we're just trying to feel each other out. Um, right. Now, early, I thought they did some good things. I think the Rams might have been sleeping a little bit. It was 10 o'clock in the morning there, time. Yeah. But this was not a, you know, draw a line in the sand and, you know, we're sending a message here. This was a complete breakdown in the second quarter. And, I, you know, the Rams could have scored 50 points if they wanted to. So yeah. this defense specifically, I mean, what are you seeing from this group? And, you know, is it fixable? I, I think they need some more players. Um, for whatever worked last, last year is not working. Um, Blake Martinez is, is a big loss, but you should still be able to keep games close uh, with the personnel that they have. And they, for some reason, I watched and, you know, was looking for, for body language today. And in the second half, man, I saw guys just flat-ass quit. If I'm, if I'm being honest, and I hope they, you know, someone tells them I said this, they quit. There was, there was a, that, that touchdown that Cooper Cup got. Yeah. And up the sideline. Listen, would they have made a player? No. But like I saw, the three guys I saw pursuing him were jogging. And I can go back and watch the film, and, I, and don't tell me you weren't jogging. And they're down 35, 31, whatever it was, to three. But, uh, you know, the eye in the sky never lies, and the camera doesn't lie. They've got to, you know, they're going to have to go look in the mirror and, and try some new guys. Um, this season is lost at one and five. You got to play some young guys, see what they're made of. And, and you know, people are playing for jobs, but, but no one's playing for jobs, you know, but someone needs to say you're playing for a job now because they're, they're not good. They're not a good football team. You know, you say, you know, make some changes, some young guys. Well, wait a second. James Bradbury is here. He makes big money. Adoree Jackson is here. He just got here. He had a very poor game today, Adoree oh, Jackson. Yeah. A very poor game. You just gave he him $39 million. You know, so, you know, you're tied into these players. And a lot of the, you know, Tate Crowder is playing. He was going to start even if Blake Martinez was healthy. He gets beat on a wheel route. Now, maybe it's a bad, it's a bad uh, you know, system, a, a bad scheme where he's running a wheel route. But he's a pursuit linebacker. He's supposed to at least stay with a running back in that situation. Um, Xavier McKinney. You know, it, it's kind of like, you know, I don't know if you had a game like this where you hit three field goals and maybe you lost two. And everyone says, oh, Lawrence tying to three field goals. Well, what about the two you missed? Xavier McKinney had two interceptions for the first time in his career. How many do you think he should have had? I, by my count, at least four. Yeah. He had two early in the game that would have set the tone. And to your point, they, the defense did what they had to do early. 
And I and I was excited. I think that the team was, you know, I was sitting up there with my old teammates watching, and they were excited. Um, but we, you know, we can't convert. We can't keep the ball. We can't convert a third and one, a fourth and one. And then you drop picks. You know, you've got to be able to. You've got to be able to make plays. And this football team continues to find ways not to make plays. And they just don't have any playmakers. I mean, you've got to. It's this small, right? We talk about the, the difference between winning and losing in the NFL. And they lost their opportunity. It sounds crazy in the first quarter of this game yeah. to, to change momentum. Lawrence, you clamored a few weeks ago that Jason Garrett's got to go. This kind of feels like that game where you're like. We have to make a change. Uh-huh. Monday morning, we have to fire Jason Garrett. Do they fire Jason Garrett Monday morning? No. No, 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 no. I, listen, I don't know. Somebody can get fired. It, it could be him. I, I don't care. Um, I, they're not going to fire Jason Garrett. But, um, you know, his unit is what it is. It, it's, it's not a very good unit. He's playing with his hands tied behind his back because no Tony. Shepard came back today. I don't think Slayton played today, right? He didn't dress. No Saquon. Daniel Jones looked like he was, you know, still banged up from last week, in my opinion. But um, Jason Garrett doesn't have to go. But if he does go, then sure, why not? You said something earlier in this podcast that I do not agree with. Oh, thank you. You said that live Daniel shots on Jones um, <laughs> was not ready to play, was not healthy. Um, where do you – what evidence did you see that he was not ready? You know, you said maybe he was still – feeling concussion syndrome, you know, symptoms and things like that. First of all, without, where did you see that in the game? I didn't see that at all. I thought he looked good in the beginning. So uh, more so in the second half. I thought so, he's not traditionally a bad decision maker with the football. And there were some, like, I don't know if it was his second pick. It was over the middle. Um, like I said, we were being yanked around a lot in the first two quarters, so I might have missed yeah. some things. Um, but there was a couple of picks that I did see. They were just absolutely terrible reads, terrible throws. And they this, rushed him, Lawrence. I think they rushed him. He should have played today. I, 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 I can agree with that. But at one and four, you play him if he, if he can play. But maybe I'm just searching for excuses for Daniel. He wasn't very good. I mean, he had four turnovers today. Should have had five. He was not very good. But I think in this case, Daniel Jones oh, was a symptom of everything that happened around him. The team got behind. They were throwing on every play. Devontae Booker... Got 41 yards. He's averaging three and a half yards a carry. They had no running game. Yeah. Daniel was not going to push it and run too much in this game. Yeah. We know that. Um, you know, Tony goes down. There's no Saquon. Galladay is not playing. He's throwing to Dante Pettis. He's throwing to um, Colin Johnson. Uh, he's throwing to, you know, Evan Ingram on some short routes. He's throwing to Kyle Rudolph, who actually had a two-point conversion catch today. You know, I didn't know if he was in uniform. Uh-huh. So, um, you know, nothing, you know, I, I don't look at this, Jake, you know, and say they have to fire Jason Garrett. I don't look at this and say yeah. Daniel Jones shouldn't have played. I look at this as it's a really, really bad team playing against a really good team. And the biggest problem with this organization right now is mismatches like this should not happen in the NFL very often. No. This was a complete mismatch between a good team and a bad team. It was non-competitive. Now, one question I have for you, which I think will be on the same page. At what point, I know you were getting yanked around. You saw, I guess, probably a lot of the second half. At what point do you look out there and say, I think it's time to take Daniel Jones, sit him down, and put Mike Lennon in the game? Yeah, coming off the head injury that he had last week, I mean, it's pretty easy at halftime down 28-3. Maybe, maybe you put him out there for the first drive. If you don't get any points, he should be done for the day. 
Um, I know that would be throwing in the towel and people would probably boo. Uh, but you got to look out for Daniel Jones down the road and, and, and make sure he's your quarterback the rest of the season. But he played the whole game. And, you know, that, that'll be a great question for Joe Judge uh, this coming week is why was Daniel Jones in the game down 30 points? I, I don't understand. It, it seems irresponsible. It's 38 to 3. What, like, what is he? Well, I mean, why is he out right. there? You know, look, look. You know, Matt Stafford was taken out of the game. It's easy to take your quarterback in out of the game when you're winning. Yeah, That's it's hard. It's do. much more you know, difficult. And it yeah. is tough to take him out. I'm not saying they shouldn't have. I thought for a lot of that fourth quarter, Daniel Jones should be sitting. Mike Lennon can finish the game. Yep. You're right. Daniel Jones is coming off a concussion. The game is lost. Sit him down. Look, he's throwing on every down so he can get hurt. The, the one that got me was, okay, maybe you, you know, a lot of coaches think, Let's let it end on a positive. So they have a drive in the fourth quarter. Eli Penny scores with six and a half minutes to go. At that point in my head, I'm thinking, okay, they did some good things. They got their touchdown. Now you sit, Daniel. Let Mike Lennon finish the last couple of series. Jones came back out there, and I, I just think it was, you know, it was too much. You know, I, I don't want to hear about we don't give up. We uh. stop, stop the fight. Look, this fight should have been stopped yeah. in the third quarter. So the fight, there was no fight. I, I think that was a bad miscalculation on Joe's but, part. To your point, like based on his injury last week, no one was going to point the finger and say, Joe Judge, you gave up. You were actually being smart. Now, fans might have applauded him today. They weren't going to boo him. I mean, take the guy out of the game. He was taking shots late in the game. He's holding on to the football. They're trying to score points, long developing routes, and he was taking more shots, shots he should not have taken. And he doesn't have to take, but Joe Judge is going to, you know, fight to the end, I guess. You're one in five. The Panthers come here next week. Wait, wait. He's not, we're not one in five. I'm not one in five. <laughs> they, 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 if they were five and one, I would say we're five and one. The podcast is five yes. and one. They're one in five. They're they one are. in five. The yeah. podcast is six and oh. The New York football giants are one in five. The fans Correct. were restless today. If they lose to a Panthers team and Sam Darnold returning to MetLife Stadium, a team that's lost three in a row, the Panthers, after starting 3-0, have come back down to earth, you're going to be there November 1st, Lawrence, for Monday Night Football, yep. Giants, Chiefs, and Kansas City. This could get ugly. If you're 1-6 going to Kansas City and then the Raiders, the Bucks, we won't look too far ahead, but this thing can get out of hand quickly. And that's not good if you're a Giant fan and you're expecting to go to any other game this season. Before Lawrence answers, what do you mean this could get ugly? I mean, it is ugly. I, I, I mean, there was nobody in the building in the fourth quarter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, middle of the third You, you know, it, people were leaving. You know, the halftime ceremony, Lawrence, great. I, it was fantastic. I love those guys. I like that team. That shouldn't be the highlight of the day. I mean, by far, it shouldn't right. be the highlight of the day. You know, they have Michael Strahan there retiring his number, right? You know, what, they, what John Mara and Steve Tisch need to do now is figure out for every single game, they need to bring someone back and, and <laughs> retire their number or, or put them in the ring. Or give away a bobblehead. Or bobble, whatever they got to do. They got to just say, we got to figure this out. I mean, you know, have a Ronnie Barnes appreciation day. Do something. Have a Blue Rush podcast day because this is, you know, they can't figure it out. Lawrence, you know, is that frustrating to you? Obviously, it feels so good. We loved watching the ceremony. But for you, as a guy with two rings, got to wear one, very icy. Kadarius Tony would appreciate icy. the ice. Uh, Lawrence came through dripping to the podcast today. Dripping. Um, 
But that's going to be frustrating to you as a former player that that's the highlight, that the I'm team is sure. so bad that we're watching the ceremony and then going home. I left in the third quarter. That's got to be, you know, a frustrating moment for you. You're watching with Antro Roll and these guys, and you guys are like, God, me and, me and Sarah said, can they play the second half? Can Eli throw? Uh, can Lawrence kick? Can Antro Roll I play mean, cornerback? They need the fact we're they. saying that 10 years later is not good. It's not, and, and it's what we've talked about this whole season on this podcast is they're, they're just not a good organization right now. I mean, you can't be bad for this many years. Something has to change. And I think Joe Judge is a great coach. He's not getting through to this football team. They have, to me, they have enough players to win. Why are they not winning games? Some, that question needs to be answered because they have players. Like, if you look at their roster, they have players. Why can't they win? I don't know the answer to that. I don't think Joe Judge does either. I think Joe Judge is a great football coach, but something is missing. They, they're not responding to him. And I know that sounds bad to say because I really like Joe Judge, but they are not responding to his way of coaching. The love affair is over with it's Judge. Way over. It's, it's over. It's well, over. I, I, don't, I don't know how you say that Joe Judge is a great coach. I mean, I, uh, you know, Joe, Joe Judge last year when they were 6-10, and 10, they were one and seven, and they went five and three down the stretch last year, the second half of the year. And Joe Judge was very much praised as a guy yeah. who was who who, who gets New York. Uh, he got the team to play hard. He's changing the culture, which is a word I don't like, um, and I get that. You know, so he was like they were six and ten, but they they had a bullet. They were on the rise. Yeah. But I don't know how you can say he's a great coach. He's we think he has potential to be a good coach, I, I would say is fair. Yeah, that's you know, fair. You, that's fair. Well, let me ask you this, and I'll give you the microphone. Okay. What was Tom Coughlin? Was he a great coach? Tom Coughlin is a great coach. So I can't – you're right. So I just like – I like uh, Joe Judge's uh, – he's a football guy. You so like so, the feel of what yeah, he I is. Yeah, I like the yes. feel of who he is and what he brings to the table. So saying he's a great – I mean, he's a good football mind. He understands the game. Maybe he understands it a little too much. I mean, I've never heard somebody break down every side of the ball like he can. Maybe these guys are getting sick of the, the laps. in the Because, uh, listen, that's coming. Um, when you don't win, all the little things start to add up, and guys are not going to want to run laps, and guys are not going to want to have to sprint in condition. Uh, there's just too many injuries, too. I've, I get injuries, um, but, man, they, this is a hurt football team. And I don't know if they're overworking them during the week, but it seems like something's got to give. All right, let's go to happier times. Enough misery here on the Blue Rush podcast. Misery. The ceremony was cool. I thought the coffin speech was good and, you know, hanging out with your teammates these last couple of days and being back in New York and partying with the guys has had to be a nice trip down memory lane. Ten years ago, it feels like yesterday, you kicked the Giants to two Super Bowls. That's, you know, one of our favorite all-time teams. That was a cool ceremony, a cool moment. It was cool to see you acknowledge the crowd. And as much as the fans were in disarray at 28-3 at halftime, um, that was exciting, and we'll always love that team. Yeah, it was a, it was a special week. You know, I'm, I'm here with my wife and my kids, and, and they were four when we won. But it's, you know, seeing all of my friends and their kids and their buddies that they grew up with, you know, they're teenagers now. It, there's a lot of emotions, a lot of respect for each other still. Everybody looks good. Everybody came. And they, they, they actually, everybody's, you know, Still looking good. I told everybody, you know, some guys gained a little bit of weight. We let them know. But the thing that's special about it is just being with the guys. I couldn't give a shit if they celebrated us. You know, I'm glad they did at halftime. But just seeing the guys, I almost wish there wasn't a game today because that put a little bit of a downer 
on our moment, you know, being in the Legacy Club and seeing all the cool pictures and the moments of what we accomplished together. I'm glad I got to see the fans, so maybe we could have done this without a game, but um, it's exciting, man. It's, it's so cool to win a championship in New York. I, I, I don't even... I'm so lucky. I, I, it's hard to explain. I tell my kids all the time, it's, uh, I was in the right place at the right time, and I played with a lot of really, really good people. And you made some really big kicks, too. Yeah. No, I, I did. I'm, I'm, being, I'm being humble. But I just said, you know, I, I played with so many good dudes, man. Like, just, I talked to everyone that was here this weekend, and they're just regular guys. And that's what made that team special. Um, and we were humble. Now, we were competitive as hell. You know, this, this, this team, I just don't, just going back, I'm not going to go back down, but this Giants team and this Giants organization right now is just not competitive. And it, it, it pains me to see it. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Giants fan. I just, it hurts me to, to see what's happening to the fans and to this organization. Listening to your coach, Tom Coughlin, today, and, and I, re I know the themes that he said, you know, uh, I guess the night before, or the you know the Friday night whenever you know the, what is it Saturday night is the big meeting. Yep. Um, you know before Super Bowl Forty Two, his big thing was, right? When you win, you all win, right? Your family, your friends, exactly. everybody, that, everybody yep. wins. Yep. And and you know that was a great message. And then four years later, you know, okay, what is Tom going to say now? And I thought his message, and he repeated it today at halftime, was about love, right? About I love yeah. you, I love this team, I love this team, and. The transformation, you know, you were not there at the start of Tom Coughlin. No, uh, I heard about it. <laughs> uh, you know, I want to ask you about that because I was there for the start in 2004. And at that time, if we went through the 2004 season. If you told me this guy's going to win two Super Bowls and his theme for the second one is going to be love, the love I have <laughs> with this team and these players, that would not have been the message I would have would have resonated with me. So what were the stories that you heard from the guys who were there in four, five, and six? Because you got the, you got the better version of Tom Coughlin in 2007. I really did. You know, um, my wife is here now listening. Uh, she, she had a pretty tough pregnancy with the boys. And this goes to show you that my first introduction to Tom Coughlin, she was in the hospital for a very, very long time before we delivered the boys. And I get these flowers. Literally, I called and I said, hey, you know, uh, we just had the boys. They were early, two months early. And the first batch of flowers, balloons, whatever we got were from Tom Coughlin. And, but, but I had only known Tom just in two or three practices. I had just gotten traded for. I did not spend a lot of time around You had him. not kicked for the Giants I had not yet. kicked a, for, in a game for them. He didn't know me from Adam, really. But... That just shows you who he was. Let's rewind, you know, fast forward a little bit. I get to, to, to training camp. I heard all about Tom Coughlin. Yeah. Now, my, my experience with him was completely different, but I heard, I saw, right, I, I read the newspapers. I've, I've heard all the stories, you know, with Michael Strahan. And, uh, but he is a stickler for rules. And, but he was fair. You know, that's the thing about Tom is he was, he was so fair. But... Uh, I don't have anything bad to say about Tom Coughlin. I love the guy, and um, I'm glad I got to play for him. Hey, there were teammates. Um, there were guys who went to the league those first few years and put in, you know, they, they, they turned on Tom and said, he's working us too hard in OTAs. They filed protests against Tom, yeah. and he changed. He, he didn't change his core value, but he changed a lot of 
some of the things, I mean, the, the story, I think I might have said it before, but the best story I can think of Tom Coughlin is when things were going bad. It was 2006, I believe, and, you know, Tom's grandchildren were running around in practice, and Charles Way, the former Giants fullback, who you know well, worked for the team, said to Tom, you see the way you are with your grandchildren, the way you just react to them, the way you're a human being with your grandchildren. He said, yes, he said, that is the way you need to show your players who you are. You need to be that kind of person for them. And it clicked with him. And yeah. he is, you know, he changed. I mean, he changed. And the, the Giants do not win two Super Bowls unless he changed because you guys wanted to play and win for him. And see, that's the next, not the next. There's a lot of thresholds for Joe Judge, but <laughs> the ability yeah. to... They guys to look at him and say I need to win for myself and my family and my paycheck and for my teammates but also for my head coach you guys absolutely believe that about him didn't you we did and you know we played for each other uh, I don't see that right now with this with this team but you know it's easy when you win you string together some wins and you've won before this this team and doesn't know anything but losing man is it and it's hard to watch uh, I did not see that coming today. I really didn't. I thought they were on the uptrend. That was about as bad as I've seen them, actually. All right, Blue Rush coming from the Victory Sports Bar, New York Post. Subscribe to Post Sports Plus. We're going to go to the crowd here. We'll start with Paul Schwartz's son, who's in the building. Jared, give it up for Jared Schwartz. Let's go, Jared. We're gonna, Jared, you're going to get a chance to answer a trivia question here. Ooh. And you will win a free Sports Plus, Post Sports Plus hat. For the trivia question, here's the question. You know what, I'm gonna give you two. Make it a little buy one, get one special for you, Jared, since your dad is an esteemed writer here at the New York Post. First off, what country does Lawrence hail from? And then so where did he kick the Giants to two Super Bowls? What cities were the NFC Championships that he kicked the Giants to two Super Bowls? If you don't get this, I'm throwing you out of the place. Scotland, give a round of applause. That's correct. There you go. <laughs> the Scotsman. Not a tough question. All right, and what cities? And he take the Giants into the Super Bowls in Lambeau and Green Bay and San Francisco. That's correct. Give him a hand. I mean, there you go. Questions. Post Sports Plus. Paul, you raised your son well. Good job. All right, <laughs> he gave you the let's uh, let's do one more question. Who's another Giant fan? Who's your boy next to you? What's your What's your boy's name? Biggest Giants fan right next to you. All right. I'll give you an easy one. Who was the Giants head coach on their 1990 Super Bowl team? <laughs> correct. Bill That's Parcells funny. is correct. Give him a round of applause. Yeah, give him a round of applause. Post Sports Plus hat. 30-day free trial now. Sign up for Post Sports Plus. All right. The next one's for Sarah McCrory here. Sarah? On stage. I wasn't prepared Hello, for this. Hello, Sarah. You didn't tell me I had to answer a question. Uh, surprise. Well, what if I get it wrong? Well, then you're thrown off the program. Uh, Sarah, pick Sarah's up the microphone. Sarah's the smartest Giants fan we got. And put down that, that uh, beverage. No deal. That, we're not, I'm not Put down this. the shots. Jesus. I'm not this is a family this. program. Um, all right. Last question before we have a couple of questions for Lawrence from the crowd here. All right. You ready? Uh, sure. What? were the Super Bowl numbers that they won? What were the numbers 
that they won, and who was the Super Bowl MVP? 42. Correct. 46. MVP. Eli Manning. Eli Manning, that's those, correct. Those Get Sarah are, round of applause. Go, oh, God, Sarah guys, my heart's racing. In the building. <laughs> All right, now from the crowd, we'll give Woo. you guys a chance to ask Lawrence a couple questions. Jared, I know your, your dad's been asking Lawrence questions for years, so let's have your, his son ask Lawrence a few questions. You, uh, you said you saw guys Whose job is it to get the plays? What do you say? Whose job is it to get the plays? And, and, well, whose job is it just basically to get them going, right? Essentially, yeah. if I understand that correctly. You know, it, it really should start in the locker room. Um, like that, you know, I was up there. I don't know who I was sitting with, and, and someone said, uh, I don't know if it was Antrell or it could have been Brandon Jacobs, and uh, someone said, that would have never happened on our football team because somebody, like a player, would have addressed it. And so and unless a player is addressing it, and maybe they are, because they quit. That, this team damn near quit in the second half. You could see it. Everyone, even you guys, your smart, fo- your smart football fans, you know when someone's going full speed and when they're not. Um, Joe Judge can only do so much, sure, but the locker room has to start taking control of this effort. And, you know, listen, coaches coach, but players play. And if your locker room is not running the football team, I just don't know how good you're ever going to be. You know, there, there were guys, when you think of your teams, you know, I mean, the Super Bowl teams, like I saw Brandon Jacobs and Ahmad Bradshaw walk out together today. Yes. Right? You yeah, know. they're brothers. Um, that was cool. And, and yeah. you know, doing their little thing. And, 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 you know, I had some rough moments with Brandon Jacobs in the locker room. And sure. I had some rough moments with Ahmad Bradshaw in the locker room, but I, I liked them both. And, you know, a, a lot of crap that would happen, they were not going to take it. You know, they were not going to take it. And there were guys on both your Super Bowl teams that if your team lost, I knew if I walk up to their locker, I better, I better have a really good question because they are going to bite my head off because they are going to be intense and they're going to be ticked off and they may take it out on me, which is, is you know, that happens sometimes. But they are going to, you know, they're seething. And I've been covering this team for a long time. And. Not a lot of guys who I walk up to now, am I like, I better have a really good question because they're going right. to bite my head off. They, they're used to it. Yeah. They, they, they're used to it, and they don't bite my head off. They kind of shrug, and they answer the question as best they can. And, you know, that's not good. you got to have guys who are, I'm not saying I want guys to bite my head <laughs> off, but, you know. Everybody yell at Paul Schwartz. Well, you know what? It's just, or just yell at somebody. You know, throw something. And right. Th- that's the, the, want, the easy thing yeah. to say. You don't have to do that all the time. But someone, yeah. I don't know on this team who would do that. Saquon's not going to do that. Nope. He's not the kind of guy like Brandon Jacobs was. But, you know, Antro Roll, I don't know if I would want to be around him if, you know, things go bad in defensive backfield. So I don't see that on this team. You're right. I don't see the guy who's going to be, if we screw up, we have to answer to him. I don't know who that him is. Yeah, they don't have one. They really don't. Um, and then I heard Leonard uh, Williams today was complaining about the fans booing. What's with New York athletes complaining about booing? What, Come on. What are we supposed to do? Cheer that performance today? <laughs> that was terrible. Yeah. Um, so don't don't get mad. Listen, when you say that in this city, it's only going to get louder next time you play. It, it will. 
because you have given them nothing to cheer for. So don't complain about getting booed. You're making $21 million a year. They can boo you whenever the hell they want. Yeah, enough of these players complain. I mean, people are, you know, we're dropping $100 plus to get in the building and guys complaining. Leaving by the third quarter. You know, the game has changed, Lawrence, since your days. A lot of guys are playing for their, you know, Nike sponsorship. They're, They're playing for their Instagram. They're playing selfishly. There's a lot of selfish play out there, and you see that. Um, let's get a question from your wife. Amanda Times in the building. Let's get Mama Times a question. Give it up for Mama Times, everyone. Come on, one, one question. She or one of the kids. Now. One of the kids. <laughs> I, something about the household. What is he not clean? Oh, there's a spotless. She's face. She's got spotless. Caleb's got, got a question. All Caleb's right, got go. a question. Which one is this? This is Caleb. He's my oldest by two minutes. How oh, many wow. tackles did you have in your NFL so, Did you have any? Oh, come on. Did I have any? What kind of respectful podcast is it? I had, I was a double-digit tackler. I had 10 tackles. Wow. Somehow, over the last three years, your the wife internet says has nine. lost one of my tackles, and I think it says nine. Is that correct, wow. son? So nine? I swear I had 10. So can I tell you my best tackle? I want to know how many tackles did you avoid in your career? Oh, not many. I didn't. I, now, I would get juked out, but I never. It's 10? Man, that's nine. Not, I think I had 10. <laughs> um, my best one was in 2006 against the Rams. Tackled them at the 21. Hell of a play. Who'd you, ta- who'd you tackle? Kevin Curtis. Remember the returner? Yeah. Fast kid. Uh, good hit. I, but here's the best part about that story. So I hit him, and I was concussed. I was. Really? I, I get on the sideline, and the coach taps me on the shoulder. It is Jim Hazlitt. I was on the Rams' sideline, and he said, Lawrence, your bench is over there. I was on the wrong <laughs> sideline. But I had the best game ever in the second half. I hit, like, two long field goals. Don't even remember them. Uh, so I almost wish I could kick concussed all the time. All right, there it is, folks. This is the Blue Rush Podcast. Subscribe. Oh, we do have one more question before we wrap up the show. Here we go. This is Logan. This is Logan. Logan has a question. It's a good question. We're in the uh, the FanDuel sports world right now and seeing a bunch of gamblers here. Um, In the locker room, were you guys, you know, you guys knowing what's going on with, like, the lines and stuff like that or, like, like that? Like, was sports gambling something that you guys knew what the lines were? His question is, were were you guys aware of the lines, betting lines? I never even knew what a line was other than (laughs) in the Super Bowls when we were 12-point underdogs. Someone could tell me better than that. Both Super Bowls, maybe 7 and 12. uh, To answer your question, Logan, I didn't. I can't speak for everybody, but I do think some people knew the lines. Um, I think that's fair, right? But not, not, not what it is today. Today is, a, I mean, look, we're at a fan duel. Like, there's people gambling by the minute on, like, colors of socks <laughs> and cleats and gloves. So, this, this is, yeah, this is a different time. That's my guy. Me and Logan work together. Great right. kid. Good question, Logan. Yes, we are at the fan duel sportsbook. We're at the Victory Sports Bar. Thanks so much to the Victory Sports Bar and Rachel for hosting us here in the Blue Rush Podcast. Oh, we got one more question. Jeez, we're trying to close the show. All right. This is, what, this is, these, are, these are all my guys from work. Carl? All right, Carl has a question. 
Yes, Carl. He has a beer in his hand, by the way. What does Lawrence think about to get Zen when he kicks? So, so when I came to New York, I and I and I would look at you when I'm answering you, but I have to talk into this mic too. Um, Jeff Fiegel's introduced me to earplugs when I got to New York, and I saw him. I remember I used to talk to him during the game. I go, "How come you can never hear me?" And he goes, "I wear earplugs." I didn't know that, so I started wearing earplugs, and it it put me in a, like a like I can hear people. But it put me in like my own little world of uh, I could hear myself breathe, and it just calmed me down a lot. And so, to to answer your question, um, earplugs really I think helped my career out a lot. And it, and Jeff Fiegel's introduced them to me, so that's how I got into my Zen. Uh, yeah. Right. So earplugs. Earplugs equal Zen. Yeah. Just it it con- like I don't know. Just you can hear yourself breathe. It, it gave me a lot of like I was in my own little world for three hours. Lawrence Tynes chooses earplugs. Uh, Phil Jackson chooses blunts in Montana as his form of getting zen. Two different worlds here. This is the Blue Rush Podcast. Let me hear the crowd. Give it up for the Blue Rush Podcast. I'd like to thank Victory Sports Bar. Thanks to Rachel. Thanks to the new guy, Andrew Hartz. Thanks to Sarah McCrory here. Thanks to Jerry Schwartz and company in the building. Thanks to Lawrence Tynes and the Tynes family for coming in. The, thanks for winning a Super Bowl. Thanks for winning two Super Bowls. Yep. Thanks for letting us rock the drip. Thanks, Lawrence Tynes. Follow him on Twitter at LT4Kicks. Follow Paul Schwartz at NYPost underscore Schwartz. You can follow Sarah McCrory, Sarah H. McCrory. You can follow me at Jake Brown Radio. Mondays, Thursdays, new episodes throughout the Giants season. Commiserate with us. Drink while you're listening if you need to. Do what you need to do. We'll be here all season to take you through Giants therapy. Subscribe to Post Sports Plus, free 30-day trial now, nypost.com slash sports plus to get us. Thanks for coming out, everybody. Let's close it out with a round of applause. Thanks for coming. Blue Rush will be back on Thursday. To everyone, get home safe, and good night. <laughs>